Are the Atlanta Falcons diminishing playoff odds better with Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter? We'll answer that question as well as others on today's Locked on Falcons. You are Locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, and a.k.a. your very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, guys, we thank you for making Locked On Falcons your first listen each and every day. Of course, Locked On Falcons is free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms, including Apple, Odyssey, Google, Spotify, and, of course, YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Falcons on YouTube, and you will get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops. So today's episode is a bit of a Q&A. We'll wrap up today's episode answering a listener question. But, you know, I want to jump the conversation and talk about something that kind of got brought up by Arthur Smith on Monday in this press conference and sort of talking about, again, we're going to continue to talk about the quarterback situation. You know, I, I know Arthur Smith says it's not a situation, but you know, it is. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about that. One of the reasons why Arthur Smith seemed to be willing to, you know, ride or die with uh, Marcus Mariota moving forward is because the team is in the midst of a playoff race. And I know a lot of people since then have kind of expressed doubt and skepticism, you know, which is, you know, part and parcel for locked on Falcons here, doubt and skepticism over the team's ability um, to actually be a playoff contender. Uh, playoffs. Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. I just hope we can win a game. I appreciate you coach more for you know, providing that insight. We definitely needed it. Uh, that, that's, I've seen a lot of people talk basically <laughs> channeling Jim Mora uh, senior um, these last couple of days talking about the Falcons playoff chances. And I, I think those people are generally right. I, I think the odds are not exactly in the Falcons favor to make the postseason. football outsiders has them at an 18% chance of making the postseason, 11% chance of winning the division. 538 has them at 17%. Uh, and a 12% chance of winning the division. Um, and basically the way I figure it, if the Falcons don't win at least two out of their next three games uh, against Chicago, Washington, and Pittsburgh, you know, those odds are pretty much going to evaporate even further than that. So uh, the only way that they can sort of continue to tread water is winning at least two out of the next three games and probably need to win three of them to really put themselves into a favorable position coming into that bye week in week 14. And then coming out of the bye week, they're kind of, you know, regardless of the, how these next couple of games go, you know, that Saints game is probably a must win game given it's a division game. And I don't know how many more games the Falcons are able to drop in the division, probably not anymore. Um, and in the conference, right? So Chicago, Washington, you know, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Arizona, you know, they, they kind of, you know, I don't know if they have to run the table, but they might have to go like, you know, three and one or something like that uh, in those, you know, conference games um, be before they get into that week 18 game against the Bucks, 
where it does feel like if the Falcons are going to make the playoffs, that is going to be kind of a win in your in type of game, right? Where, you know, I don't know how the tiebreaker will be, but if the Falcons have any chance of winning this division, I'm, I'm almost certain that it will require them to beat the Bucks in week 18. And that's what's interesting about the Falcons' decision to stick with Mariota because whether Arthur Smith realizes it or not, he's basically making a bet that he believes Marcus Mariota is going to give this team the best chance of beating the Tom Brady led bucks uh, in that week 18 game, you know, serving Tom Brady, his only loss to the Atlanta Falcons um, in his entire career. Uh, and so we'll have to sort of see if Mariota can evolve beyond where he currently is um, and, and sort of make that bet look good. And obviously opinions are going to vary a little bit on whether or not that's a good bet or not. Uh, I don't see it as a, a particularly great bet. Uh, but then again, there's been several bets the Falcons have made over the last, you know, nine months that I didn't think was a great bet, like, you know, rolling it, running it back with that offensive line entering the season. And it's gotten mixed results more on that later in the episode. But, you know, because they have that bet hasn't blown up quite yet in their face, um, you know, maybe it's the ticking time bond when it comes to the offensive line. Again, more on that later. Um, you know, I'll give the coach the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that maybe he knows what he's doing, right? Maybe uh, Arthur Smith knows almost as much as, as some random guy on the internet that does a daily Atlanta Falcons uh, podcast and wishes he could do a, a daily Buffalo Bills podcast, right? You know, uh, you know, maybe Arthur Smith n- knows almost as much as that guy. I'll, I'll give him uh, that much credit. But obviously it begs the question of, well, if if you have doubts about Mariota, you know, winning that bet, you know, why do you have confidence that Desmond Ritter is going to win that bet? And I, I don't have, you know, I, I don't feel like that's a good bet. Oh, you just plug Desmond Ritter and all of a sudden he's going to be out dueling Tom Brady in his seventh start. Um, but I do feel better about making that bet uh, than I do making the bet that Mariota is going to morph into the passer that he frankly has never really been throughout his career. Yeah. He has beaten Tom Brady in head to head matchups. That's fair. I think he's like one and one against Tom Brady. So congratulations, Marcus, uh, or one and two, maybe I can't remember. Um, and Mariota, as we outlined on Monday's all 22 review has made some progress this year, although that progress is seemingly at a snail's pace. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, we talked about the anticipation that Mariota showed uh, in that Panthers game on, you know, three or four throws where he showed, anticipation that he hadn't really showed consistently throughout the season. And the point I was trying to bring up on, on why I think Ritter's the guy is that kind of Ritter was showing that same level of anticipation in his first preseason game. And so it's taken like 10 to 12 games for Mariota. If you factor in the two preseason games he played uh, to get to that level that Ritter was are arguably already there at, at day one. Um, and that's kind of the driving force behind why I think Desmond Ritter should be getting those starting reps. Cause I, I feel like even if the odds aren't in his favor, that he's going to be the guy that's going to outdo Tom Brady. Um, I do feel like where he's going to be say seven games from now or five games from now is probably going to be a lot further along than where Marcus Mariota was, you know, five games before. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing that, but obviously the odds are not necessarily in that favor that we're going to see Desmond Ritter at any point this season. Uh, But that will give us to the next part of our conversation um, talking about how, what is the path for Desmond Ritter to get on the football field, right? Is, is the door completely shut for Arthur Smith to basically 
you know, renege on his, on his bet, um, so to speak, and, and turn the keys over to Desmond Ritter. And I, I think there's a window, you know, in the next two to three weeks where there, there may be a path for Desmond Ritter to, you know, get that opportunity that a lot of us want to see him get. Uh, but we'll get into that as we continue today's episode, guys. And before we get there, I do want to plug the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family, where you can find three shows all on the same podcast feed, A to Z with Mark Zeno, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis Davis and Tanisha Patisse, all giving you different perspectives on not only local sports, including the Falcons, but also national sports. And Locked On Sports Atlanta is also the home of Locked On Braves, Locked On Bulldogs, Locked On Hawks, all those shows. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta on your preferred podcast feed. And if you subscribe to it on YouTube, guys, you will also be able to check out the Locked On Falcons postcast where Jarvis Davis and myself immediately after the game, after that final whistle on YouTube, go live and give you 10 to 15 minutes of that breakneck um, hot take content immediately after every Falcons game. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit that bell so you know when we go live. Really appreciate that guys. And I also want to tell you about our sponsor Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace with Turo. You can book any car that you want, wherever you want from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U S UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia, whether you're looking to book that spacious SUV or minivan for that upcoming family road trip, you want a luxury car for that special event or birthday coming up, or you're just looking for an affordable economy car because you're on a budget and you just need to get from A to B, or you're just looking at that new electric vehicle that you've had your eye on to see if it fits your lifestyle, whatever you want, many Turo hosts can deliver the car right directly to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch the boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. That's T-U-R-O.com. And guys, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Falcons your first listen each and every day. And of course, for your second listen, why not check out Lockdown Sports Today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports. Lockdown Sports Today has you covered with the local experts that only Lockdown can provide. So subscribe to Lockdown Sports Today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. So uh, piggybacking off what we just discussed, I think there is a, still a path for Desmond Ritter to get on the field before the bye week. You know, I don't, I, obviously he's not going to be the starter this week. Uh, and I think regardless of the result of this bears game, I don't think he'll probably be the starter next week. You know, you know, votes of confidence with quarterbacks may work probably a little different than votes of confidence with head coaches. We know owners are infamous for giving that vote of confidence to a coach one week and then firing him the next week. Um, I don't think it quite works the same with coaches giving that vote of confidence with quarterbacks and then benching them the next week, but you never know. Um, I do look at, I sort of circle the calendar and say that week 13 game, that home game against the Steelers is probably the last chance, the last real opportunity for Arthur Smith to change his mind uh, and, and hand the keys to Desmond Ritter uh, this season. And if he doesn't do it by then, then he's probably not going to do it. And the odds are, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later. The odds are certainly not in his favor that he will make that change. That's been pretty clear at this point in time. But, you know, when you look at the calendar, of why that Steeler game, you know, a, a lot of people look at that week 14 buys like, Hey, you know, that's a golden opportunity to get the young guy uh, work. But I, I, to me that it'll be too late. Right. 
you know, because I, I think you want to kind of match up. And this was part of the reason the driving factor, not only because of the quality of opponent against the Panthers, but part of the reason why I thought week eight was the perfect opportunity to get Desmond Ritter on the field. Just when you line up the practice schedules, given, you know, short weeks and bye weeks and all these various things, right? You, you kind of want to get Desmond Ritter that full week of practice ahead of the Steelers game. Then whatever happens in the bye week after the Steelers game, the Falcons take a week off or whatever, you want him to spend that time working on the things that he needs to improve upon based off of how he performed in that Steelers game, good, bad, or whatever, right? You want that week to be focused on, okay, here's where you need to get better. If you haven't seen them yet, you don't really know what you're working on uh, during that bye week. And then obviously the week coming out of the bye, you get a full week of practice headed to the Saints game. So it's the idea of like, you want two at least two full weeks of practice for Desmond Ritter before you have to force him into that hostile environment in a potential must win game on the road against the Saints coming out of the bye week. And then you have another road game against Baltimore, probably not a very winnable game either. So you want to give him at least runway. And I think the Steeler game is the latest time, you know, that you can start that runway, um, for him to get geared up for those challenges that are going to come after the bye week. And obviously, you know, that's sort of the way that you, you sort of picture it. Obviously, you know, you can't control everything like injuries and whatnot. So that that's also a factor, but you know, you, you can't control that. So we won't spend too much time worrying about that. Um, so I do look at it from a standpoint of those of you that are, you know, ready to give up on the season. You're ready to, you know, fire coach Smith because of his perceived stubbornness and his unwillingness to make that quarterback change that so many of you guys have been screaming for, for months. Um, you know, I, I still think there's two more weeks where you, you, you are forced to endure the Mariota coaster before it potentially, you know, it's questionable safety record <laughs> might get it shut down. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think if we're coming out of that Washington game and, and Smith is still saying, you know, Marcus is my guy, then it's probably a wrap on on Ritter seeing the field. Again, you can't control for injuries, but it's probably a wrap. And I'm sure some of you are already commenting or, or saying to yourselves, it's it's been a wrap, Aaron. You're just, you know, you and these other fans are in denial about that. And you're, you're right. The odds basically for the last month, basically since that 49ers game, have been very, very low that we were going to see Ritter at some point this season, right? The probability has been very low uh, given, you know, where we're coming from. But I don't think those odds are ever been hit zero, right? Again, not factoring just the injuries. I still think, you know, Arthur Smith is not 100% committed to Marcus Mariota. Now, I, I may be, that may be my own biases and being like a, how could you, <laughs> you know, I still have enough faith in humanity <laughs> that I can't buy into the idea that Marcus Mariota is Arthur Smith's handpicked guy. Like there's just, there's just no way like you're going to get me <laughs> like that's the end of the, you know, that's where I lose all faith in humanity where I'm like, Oh, this is, he's the guy. Okay. No. So we'll see. But I think, you know, we, 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 um, deal with skepticism and doubt here on Lockdown Falcons. But if you're the hopeful type, you know, uh, your hope is, okay, two more weeks and then maybe Ritter will get on the field. Arthur Smith will see sense in the next two weeks and, and give Ritter that opportunity. Or, you know, two more weeks for Marcus Mariota to prove that he is uh, the guy and, and, and justifies Arthur Smith's bets and choices. So, you know, we're going to basically mess around and find out, as they say. So we'll, we'll find out. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, if, if he, you know, you don't really care about who the quarterback is. You just care about the team winning, which I imagine is a healthy percentage of you. Um, you know, Mariota has the best chance to put his best foot forward and redeem himself and redeem the confidence that, you know, some people have in him still. 
and other people are you know, fleeing for the hills, uh, dropping all confidence, all optimism and, and fleeing for the hills uh, this week against the Bears because, you know, they have a relatively weak defense. And um, this is probably going to be the best opportunity uh, against a team that should not challenge the Falcons offense in the same ways that other teams have in recent weeks. And that will sort of get us to the next part of our conversation, uh, talking about the offensive line and the issues around that. And maybe that's a contributing factor to why Arthur Smith is reluctant to put Ritter on the field because he has concerns about the offensive line's ability to protection, which, you know, recalls a, a certain conversation that a certain daily Falcons podcaster was talking about in August. So we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that conversation that we were having in earnest back in August as we continue today's episode. But I'm, before we get there, I do want to say I'm very intrigued by, <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to Arthur Smith's post game presser uh, again after this Bears game, right? That basically, you know, he's going to be fired up. Either he's going to basically be like, I told you so with Marcus Mariota having his bounce back game, or, you know, he's going to have to eat some crow. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's must must see TV in my mind. So, you know, the rapid reaction this upcoming Sunday after the Bears game might be a little tad later than its usual 7, 7.30 airtime, because I, I might have to stick around and watch that postgame presser because it's going to be entertaining regardless of the result on Sunday. So looking forward to that. And you of course can look forward to more uh, content here on locked on Falcons guys. But we also want to tell you about LinkedIn jobs, which is the place that's making it easier for you to find all the people that you want to talk to faster. And for free, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach the world's largest professional network of over 800 million people. LinkedIn jobs is going to help you spread the word that you're hiring, gives you those simple tools like screening questions. It's going to make it easy for you to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs is going to help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers, Visit LinkedIn, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's a linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. And guys, let's talk about bet online. The number one source for all your football betting needs and info this season. You can find the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles and analysis on every game, including this weekend's matchups, including the Falcons bears, where the Falcons are three point favorites. Uh, against the Bears, which is basically telling you that Vegas feels like on a neutral field uh, away from Atlanta, let's say Chattanooga. <laughs> These are two evenly matched teams, which is basically Vegas telling you that they are you know, selling stock on the on the Falcons, even though they're favorites in this game, because, you know, most people look at the Bears and they, there's been an upturn in recent weeks. But most people look at the Bears as probably a team that's going to be picking in, in the top five to eight picks in this draft. So they're basically telling you the Falcons are roughly equal to that from a point spread point uh, standpoint. So if you're looking to take advantage of that info and knowledge, of course, bet online is the place to go, whether you're looking to bet on NFL, uh, NBA, college football, MMA, boxing, golf, visit betonline.net today. Use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts guys. Uh, before we continue today's episode, if you're enjoying today's content here on locked on Falcons, you know, you can still get that same great, local sports coverage 24 seven for free on locked on sports Atlanta. And that is now available 
if you got Roku or Amazon Fire TV. Download the Locked On Sports Atlanta app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV today. So let's talk a little bit about the offensive line. And we talked a little bit about that unit yesterday on the podcast with Alan Sterk. Um, and basically if it wasn't clear on yesterday's episode, you know, Thursday night, the, the Falcons kind of got their butts kicked in the trenches and, um, you know, going back to the conversation about bad bets, you know, you know, guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for what, nine months or so, 10 months that I thought the Falcons rolling it back, running it back with their offensive line this off season with the same five starters was going to be a bad bet. And that's why so many of you guys are so mad at me, particularly early in the summer with the lack of positivity on the podcast. Cause I'm like, how can you expect me serious black to be a serious human being and be positive when I'm staring at another 17 starts for Jalen Mayfield, right? You, you, there's no way I can be positive in that situation. Now, thankfully the offensive line and, and has exceeded our expectations and I haven't had to see any starts from Jalen Mayfield. And hopefully we will not see any starts from Jalen Mayfield as much concerns as I have about the offensive line that I will express coming up. I still don't want to see that uh, emergency case get broken open uh, between now and the end of the season. Sorry, Jalen Mayfield, but it's, it is what it is, right? But the offensive line has exceeded expectations this year, at least through the early part of the season. We'll see how the rest of it folds up. Um, the run blocking has been top-notch. Pass protection has been, let's say, hit or miss. That's probably the most favorable way I can describe it. Um, and you guys know throughout the summer, a lot of my skepticism around this team was uh, on they're going to be terrible in the trenches. And thankfully, they've been able to clear what was, for me, at least a very low bar uh, in terms of my expectations. Now, the defensive line has probably been that sort of bottom five unit that we have been fearful of when you look at their pressure rates and, and their ability to stop the run this year. The offensive line has been probably a top five run blocking unit. And I would probably say like a bottom 10 pass protection unit. And so it probably balances out to them being kind of like middle of the pack, slightly above average offensive line this year, like, you know, five, five and 23 average out to be 14. So that's probably around where they are from an uh, offensive line standpoint. And I think that's a big reason why this team has been so competitive in like 90% of their games this year. Um, but I look back at that Carolina game and I, I wonder okay, they kind of got their butts kicked in that game. And that was kind of the performance that I was kind of expecting every single week in this game, you know, where Carolina was able to dominate them on the ground. They weren't really able to get any pressure on the quarterback. Um, and their pass rushers were kind of teeing off on our offensive line and, and, and you know, sacked Mariota five times, although at least one of those was Mariota running out of bounds. Um, but, you know, part of me wonders, okay, is that just Carolina – it's an outlier game. Carolina was up for that game because, you know, they were, you know, quote unquote, butt hurt, I guess you could say, about the previous matchup a couple of weeks earlier. And so they were especially up for that game. Or is this kind of a sign of things to come where this offensive line seems to be losing some of its mojo that, you know, whatever Dwayne Ledford, the Falcons offensive line coach, was dipping the the five starters jock straps in Sunday morning to give him that juice and that mojo uh, through the game. You know, I think he's starting to run out. That's that's my fear. Right. And, you know, you wonder about this offensive line moving forward. You know, Matt Hennessy's potentially done for the year. Uh, and it goes back to the conversation Alan and I had yesterday talking about our concerns with Drew Dahlman, who's seemingly hit a very hard wall the last couple of weeks. Uh, and if, you know, at least with Hennessy, a healthy Hennessy, 
you know, you had an alternative option. You had a plan B there at the center position. I don't think you have that unless you have a lot more confidence. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of Ryan Newsle, but I don't know if he's going to be the upgrade at the center position that you're looking for. Uh, or you're, you have a lot more confidence in Jonathan Harrison at this point than I do. Um, you know, we'll see about the left guard position. If Wilkinson comes back, uh, we haven't had really any clarity on, you know, the, the gravity of his knee injury. Um, but the earliest he can come back is the Steelers game. And then you got the bye week after that. So, you know, there's no, you know, if, if it is a serious issue, you know, they may not rush him back and they may wait, you know, six weeks uh, for him to come back uh, between now and that Saints game. So we'll see about that. So we know Kobe Gossett, who struggled in this Carolina game, should start at least two more games, if not more. And of course, if Dalman doesn't pick up his play, you know, that's two potential problem areas on your offensive line. And then, of course, you know, we go back to the third problem area, uh, the origins of McGarry Island been up and down the last couple of weeks right like he he surprisingly had no major issues in that Chargers game against Khalil Mack which was impressive to us and then of course laid a complete egg this past week against Marquise Haynes um you're hoping Travis Gibson's not going to recommend this Bears game but then the following week he's got Chase Young although he did shut down Chase Young a year ago in that matchup uh and then you know TJ Watt coming up in the Steeler game which you know we'll we'll see about that so you know when you McGarry kind of signals where this offensive line as a whole is because you look at these upcoming matchups against, you know, the bears and some of these other teams like Washington, like uh, Pittsburgh with Cameron Hayward, you got Jonathan Allen, of course, the teams after the bye, Calais Campbell, the saints, you know, JJ Watt, all those guys, Um, you know, this bears matchup seems like it's going to be the least challenging matchup for this offensive line moving forward. And of course, now that I say that I've just jinxed it and you're, you're all sitting there going famous last words, Aaron. So, you know, we need this offensive line to kind of bounce back, right. Or it's going to be a major problem. And again, going back to the Ritter versus Mariota conversation, I've, I've seen a lot of people over the last couple of days sort of bring up, like, is the offensive line's issues a part of the a contributing factor to why Arthur Smith is so reluctant to throw Desmond Ritter out there because he feels like he's throwing him to the wolves. And I, I, I certainly think it's a, probably a factor. I don't think it's probably the factor, the reason or whatever. Um, but obviously as someone who expressed a lot of my concerns about Desmond Ritter being thrown to the wolves back in the summer, you know, like it, it, it is starting to resonate a little bit more, even though the offensive line as a whole has exceeded our expectations. And that brings us to sort of our final question, you know, to sort of put this issue to bed for at least hopefully this week, but we know we'll see what happens tomorrow on crossover Thursday with Lauren Cox of the bears. I'm sure he'll be very interested uh, in the Falcons quarterback situation because you know, the bears got their own quarterback situation, but that being said, let's wrap up with a listener question from the discord from red and black 21. He says, Hey, Aaron, what is your take on Arthur Smith going from saying that Ritter is light years ahead of most young quarterbacks in the spring has command of the offense, et cetera, to him being hesitant to give him the opportunity after Mariota showing that he is not the answer on national TV. Also, wouldn't it make sense to let him go through his struggles now versus when we have a roster that is ready to compete? So obviously I've, I've touched upon some of these topics already on today's episode. So I, I won't try to rehash too many of them. Um, but I, I do think you hit it on the head, red and black 21, um, I do think it is worthwhile that Ritter gets those reps, uh, you know, moving forward for a lot of the reasons I've already mentioned on today's episode and previous episodes that I think he's going to be in a better place by year's end and certainly in the future um, in 2023 and beyond uh, with those reps right now, you know, and, and part of the reason I, I believe that is because of what you mentioned Smith's own statements about how Ritter is advanced from the neck up 
Um, and so, you know, let, let's see that. Let's see how advanced he was. And now let's give him the, those necessary on-field reps to, to develop that ability in addition to the physical abilities. And I, I do think going through the struggles now makes a lot more sense, um, you know, without rehashing all the same points. And despite my concerns about the offensive line moving forward, I am no longer concerned about, you know, Ritter playing and being broken behind this offensive line like I was in August when I was constantly pointing to the Aaron Donald poster, which is probably going to go up over here at some point in the offseason. I still got the space for Julio. You know, he's still on his BS. So <laughs> we'll see, you know, we'll see how the offseason goes if the, if that space for Julio uh, stays up. But you, as you guys recall, back in August, I was constantly pointing to the Aaron Donald uh, poster that is off screen over there. Um you know, as a concern of why you, you were hesitant to start Ritter week one. And and obviously the offensive line, given its ups and downs, is still a concern, as we just discussed, but no longer a concern where it's like, oh, he's going to die, you know, <laughs> like, like I was expressing back in August. So, um, you know, I, I think the situation for Ritter is not an ideal situation as of yet, but it's certainly a situation that I feel like is a lot more favorable today than it, it seem to be in August where, you you know, you have a complimentary run game, uh, you know, to sort of be the driving force in the offense rather than the quarterback. We know that Arthur Smith is going to scheme, you know, advantageous, relatively advantageous situations for the quarterback with his high use of play action and max protects and all these various things. And despite the criticism that people like Alan Sterk and others have expressed for Dean Pease, you're probably not looking at a situation where the defense is going to give up a bunch of 30 burgers over the next, you know, seven, six, seven games, you know, probably outside the Baltimore game, they'll, they'll probably give up 30 points in that game. But outside of that, you, you still feel like, okay, you know, we'll give up, you know, 20, 25 points every single week. And that's a manageable uh, amount of points that you can expect a rookie quarterback to be able to win with all the variables that are in their favor with the weapons, with the running game, all that stuff. In four. So you don't feel like, oh, it's an impossible task for for Ritter to come in and, and, you know, albeit take his lumps, but, you know, get this team across the finish line um, potentially. And and so, like, you want to have that information for you ahead of next year when presumably he's going to be the starter. Because, you know, I don't think and we won't spend a ton of time on this to at the end of today's episode, but I don't think the variable of like, we need to find out about Ritter so we can make an informed decision this offseason about the quarterback situation is really a, an issue moving forward. Cause I, I think Ritter is the guy, right? I don't think the Falcons are going to be in the market for Lamar Jackson. Cause he's not leaving Baltimore. And, you know, I think a lot of that hype is just based off of, you know, we're not gonna spend a ton of time on this, but people completely misreading the Deshaun Watson interest. And they're like, Oh, that means that the Falcons went after Deshaun Watson because they want a big time quarterback and Lamar Jackson's the next on the list. Cause you know, these same people were also saying in like April, Oh, we're going to go get Kyler Murray before he signed his extension um, as well. And that to me is just a misread of that situation, whether you want to call it the Watson situation a fiasco or sweepstakes or whatever you want to call it. That was just the Falcons being drunk for a week. And you know, they're, a Lamar's not going to be free and, and B I don't think the Falcons should or, or would be willing to give up three or four first round picks and, and basically give away their ability to rebuild their roster over the next couple of years for a quarterback. They're not a quarterback away guys. Uh, you know, so like that's a non-starter to me. Um, and then on top of that, I don't think, you know, we talked about this in, in July and August, but I don't think the 2023 quarterback class, is as good as it has been hyped up to be over the last six months. Now, I think over the next six months, it'll come back down to earth a little bit uh, more than, than a lot of people realize. Uh, again, 
not going to spend a ton of time on this, on this, but you know, I haven't watched, you know, hours and hours of, of these 23 quarterback prospect prospects. But to me, you know, if you're going to be picking a quarterback in round one, you're expecting that guy to come in day one and start, right. You know, whether we know that, you know, seeing Kenny Pickett and examples like that, but you know, like that's the expectation that this guy is good enough to start day one. And when I look at this upcoming quarterback crop, you know, Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Anthony Robinson, Spencer Rattler, Tanner McKee, you know, Hendon Hooker, whoever. Um, the only guy that I have seen, and again, I haven't watched a ton of these guys, but the only guy I've seen that I feel like, okay, that guy could come in day one and, and actually beat out Desmond Ritter for a starting job next summer uh, is probably Bryce Young. Everybody else I don't think is that much better than Ritter as a prospect uh, based off what I have seen, if not better than Ritter as a prospect to feel like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to be able to come in and beat out Ritter for a starting job, let alone, you know, however Marcus Mariota figures into that conversation because presumably, you know, much to the chagrin of me, going back to some of the things I said in August, is <laughs> uh, probably going to be on the roster next year. Um, so he'll also be in, in the mix for the quarterback competition unless something crazy happens over the next six weeks. But um, that being said, like, yeah, I think – so frankly, to me, the Falcons are not going to be in the quarterback market this offseason. Like the future is now. It's basically the point I'm, I'm trying to build to, right? Like your future at quarterback is Desmond Ritter, right? Again, I, I can't sit here and say the team is committed to Desmond Ritter being the, the long-term answer and, and say like four years from now, he's going to still be the starter. But at least in, in my opinion, in 2022, obviously Arthur Smith disagrees, but it also certainly in 2023, you know, he's your guy. Right. You know, there's, there's not going to be outside help. It's going to be internal development and all that stuff. And so if you understand that as an organization, you know, it makes sense for you to get him those reps now because, you know, the future is now. Right. He is the future, at least through the next, you know, 18 months. He's the, he's the guy. It's either going to be him or, you know, the alternative is 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 not rosy, in my opinion. But um, I'm sure there are, you know differing opinions out there on that subject. And I'm sure we will talk more about those things in the coming months and weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully Marcus Mariota will, <laughs> will make the quarterback conversation go away. Right. And, and, and live up to Arthur Smith's words and, and make it. So it's no longer a quote unquote situation. Um, I'm reminded of the Jersey shore. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes guys, but I really appreciate you tuning in for another episode. I really appreciate red and black 21 for submitting his question into the discord, which you can find a link to below. Of course, locked on Falcons on Twitter and Facebook is also the place to go. Locked on Falcons at mail.com is the email address for your feedback and questions. And of course you can leave a comment here on the locked on Falcons YouTube channel. Of course, tomorrow is crossover Thursday where I'll be joined by, uh, locked on bears host, Lauren Cox to break down this upcoming week 11 matchup and, I'm sure we'll be talking about Justin Fields and I'm, I'm sure at no point in that episode, will the conversation be up? Hey, the Falcons could have taken Justin Fields uh, a couple of years ago and he could have been the future of the quarterback position. And I'm sure there's certainly a lot of alternate realities, uh, you know, that people are, you know, creating as right now uh, about how, you know, what would the world be like if the Falcons had taken Justin Fields over Kyle Pitts? You know, maybe that'll be something we'll talk about on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you tune in by subscribing to Locked on Falcons on your preferred podcast platform, including on YouTube, guys. And 
That will do it for us on your first listen of the day. And for your second listen, why not check out Locked On Sports today or Locked On Sports Atlanta, all available on the same podcast platforms that you're currently listening to or watching Locked On Falcons. So guys, really appreciate it. Till then.